Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rook with Alan Brugler, Brugler Marketing. So we ended mostly lower in the grains with the exception of a few of the wheat contracts over in the livestock futures leaning mostly higher except for nearby live cattle futures. So Alan, let's talk about soybeans, a new low close for the move here today. And it looks like the market was somewhat disappointed with what we saw in terms of the Brazilian production estimate this morning. Yeah, I think uh, the trade was hoping Conab would go a little closer to some of the other uh, more private estimates. Conab, of course, being the closest thing they have to USDA. But, uh, you know, some of the privates like Safras were down at 150, 151 million tons. Conab only went to 155 and change. So that was that was a little disappointing. Uh, but the other thing I think is that Conab's estimate for soybean exports is, is 98 million tons and change versus 101 last year. That's only a 3 million ton drop. Uh, you know, what's what's the point in having a smaller crop if it doesn't affect the exports? You know, that's the way a U.S. trader has to look at it. Uh, we also have to recognize that Argentina is having a pretty good crop year and their production's rebounded significantly from the drought plague that they had a year ago. Yeah. And of course, we've seen this slide in the soybean market since the first of the year when we started to see some of these rains move into Brazil. So is the idea now that this crop has at least stabilized? I think that is the idea. The, the crop is stabilized. You're getting you're getting more typical seasonal rains uh, in the center west region and on over into Matapiba, up in the northeast. The, uh, the southern producers have had pretty decent conditions. You know, it was too wet early, but things crop condition ratings are improving in the south for the most part. The, uh, you know, there's definitely some fields that got hurt by those 100 degree temperatures and lack of moisture. You've seen the Internet pictures. But uh, we also have to remember that less than one percent of the Brazilian crop has been harvested to this point. So a lot of it was still in a position to benefit from the, the U.S. equivalent of an August grain. And uh, I think you're seeing some of that. So, you know, their yield's going to take a hit. The planted area is up from a year ago. We know that. But it, it's probably stabilizing here. Yeah. So how much lower do you think this market needs to go to price this in here, especially as we go into the report? Because USDA isn't likely to really pull back the Brazilian production a lot, is it? USDA is going to be typically would be slow to follow the, the South American drops this early. They they like to see the proof of the actual harvest results, and then they, they tend to make late adjustments. So, again, they can change their methodology, but that's been the history. The, uh, the other thing, I think, is you've got to look at what's going on in soybean meal and soybean oil. The crushers can pay up for beans if one of the products are is rallying, but we've we've seen both the meal and oil under some pressure here uh, in meal's case for several weeks now. And in the case of the soybeans, even with this pullback, it's not like we've seen a lot of export business coming at this market, right? Uh, U.S. is still lagging on exports, uh, and uh, this is the window we should be cashing in between now and, and when the South American supplies really start to come out of the field. Uh, that volume really starts to ramp up in February and March. So we, sh we should be seeing some more sales here. Uh, of course, one of the problems is we can't originate much out of the Gulf to go to Asia. The, the Panama Canal shipping restrictions are still in place. Uh, so you're relying on the PNW for a lot of your export business. And you got some, some competition there between corn, beans, and wheat to, to uh, get out of the PNW. 
What about the corn market? We saw a fractional gain in the March contract, but really kind of disappointing not to see more follow through after we kind of had a reversal off of the contract low yesterday. Yeah, it, we would like to see a little more bullish reaction, but I think the trade's just gun shy and waiting on the uh, the grain stocks report on Friday. We've had some nasty surprises in those grain stocks reports in previous quarters. Uh, that is kind of a multiplier effect because any crop production change shows up in grain stocks. And of course, the demand changes show up in grain stocks. Corn export sales have been excellent uh, compared to a year ago, still down from two years ago. We think they're probably going to raise the ethanol consumption of corn because we had uh, the in, uh, census data and also the EIA data suggesting that we're, li we're under a little stronger there. Uh, but again, a little gun shy, I think. We did hold the technical support, the 100-month the moving average, 456. Uh, just picked off a few stops below that. It's, it's certainly a good place to stop. We're oversold. What we need is a, is a bull story and uh, kind of waiting to see if USDA gives that to us. What's your opinion? Are we trying to bottom this corn market and are the funds done going short? It's, it's very similar uh, corn and beans, both it, you can't really have a big fund long position unless you've got sell paper on the other side. And usually that's coming from the commercial sector. And we know the commercials have very little corn and uh, cash corn ownership. Uh, we know that from the commitment of traders data. One thing we'll watch for in the grain stocks report is, is that balance of farmer sales versus uh, commercial ownership. We think farmers are way behind on cash sales versus a year ago. But we'll be watching to see if uh, USDA picks that up. So wheat ended mixed. Uh, was that mostly just report positioning or what was going on there today? Yeah, wheat, wheat has been uh, earning its reputation of uh, trade wheat sleep in the street. It's been very choppy. We get promising rallies. Then we hit hit the next level of resistance. We can't get through it and back off again. You know, we, we know Ukrainian exports are down. Russia's appears to be slowing down their exports a little bit, but they, they still captured the bulk of the Egyptian tender yesterday, day before yesterday. And so, uh, you know, the U.S. is the residual supplier. I'm a little friendly to wheat just for this reason. The uh, world stocks usage ratio projection that USDA gave us in December uh, is pretty tight, uh, tightest since 07, 08. But it, that's at the end of May, not now. All right. So we're progressing towards a much tighter situation. As we get closer to that, the U.S. Uh, tends to be uh, more successful in export sales. We're a supplier of last resort, if you will. So kind of looking for a, a pickup in U.S. wheat exports and, and maybe to pull us out here. Yeah. So let's talk about this cattle market, mostly higher today, except for the February live cattle contracts. So you know, do you think this market really is pricing in this weather right now that we've had? It didn't seem like we we reacted very much to it. Uh, we knew there were going to be some plant closures due to uh, either the workers not being able to come come and go or the trucks with the cattle and, and uh, to a lesser degree hogs come and go. We have seen that uh, weekly slaughter reduction, week to date slaughter reduction for both. So it reflects those plant closures, but you also had Tyson today saying that their their big plan is reopened, and I think the 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 trade kind of treated it as a a very short term event. To me, the more significant feature is probably the uh, sub zero temperatures expected in the plains this weekend. 
uh, that that can cause some problems for for uh, you know cow calf guys and for for feedlot operators even when we get that cold. So uh, what you don't want to see is is a lot of death loss or more stress on the cattle. We probably will lose uh, some productivity there in terms of uh, rates of gain. That's typical when it gets cold. Uh, that may delay a few marketings here and there, but uh, the market didn't want to didn't want to do much with that. No doubt. Um, and that's with higher boxes and ideas of higher cash trade for this week. You know, we've had a retracement off of the lows, but Ellen, do you think we haven't hit a 50 percent retracement? Will we get to that level in the cattle? Uh, we found pretty good support at uh, some of the Bollinger midlines, the the 18 week and 18 month type moving averages. I forget which right off the top of my head, but uh, we we bounced off of that. Uh, you know, essentially we had a big washout of, of uh, spec longs as we got the contract expirations in December. And then uh, we've been trying to find our footing. The long-term picture is still pretty bullish. Okay. We, we steered so many heifers into the feedlots that, that we're still in the contraction phase of the cattle cycle at this point. We really haven't had the, the big improvement in grass or grazing in general to, to say, okay, keep some more heifers back for cows. Uh, so, you know, that long-term bull story is still there. Uh, my concern is that, that the, you know, the funds made their big killing on the long side. They've pulled back. If they come back in, it's more of an echo wave, a secondary rally that doesn't get maybe as back to the previous highs, even though the fundamentals are still getting tighter. Yeah. And the hog market uh, for the fifth day, if we've confirmed a seasonal low here now, how much higher can we really move this market? Well, you know, the problem after you have a big move down is there's lots of different retracement levels, lots of different moving averages that any with one of which could be the resistance for that particular day or week. Uh, I, I don't have particular targets in mind here. I, I do think we've, we've put in a short-term bottom. With the, the chart action looks good to me. Uh, so we're just kind of uh, waiting to see what the market will give us. One thing that complicates things for a producer is there's a big divergence uh, between the, uh, the 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 pork value and the the negotiated hog values right now. Oh, yeah. And the CME index is primarily focused on on the formulas rather than the negotiated. So it makes it a little harder to uh, make your hedges work. Yeah, no doubt. Big discrepancy there for sure. All right. Thanks for joining us. Ellen Brugler with Brugler Marketing. That is Markets Now.